Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast featuring lead pastor Doug Sherman. For more information about Grace Harvest Church, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you as Pastor Doug shares this week's message. So can you put your hands together for the most handsome man at Grace Harvest Church? (laughs) You guys know that's not true, right? Look at this guy. Hey. Good morning. Hey. So, oh, wow. This is good. Enough about me. Why don't you guys talk a little bit more about me for a little bit? Thank you guys so much for, uh, for being here today. I'll tell you what, we had an amazing weekend. Um, we had 34 guys from our church or affiliated with our church come out. And uh, again, Cusick, Washington is just up in the mountains and it's beautiful and it, there's snow on the ground. And it was just an amazing venue. Everyone that went there was impacted by it. And so I wanted to share a little bit with you guys. And I'm going to invite some guys up to share their testimony with you as well. So uh, first off, I just want to preface it by just talking a little bit about um, the men's ministry. So I became part of the men's ministry a few years ago, and it was, uh, it was kind of organic, and, and this is how it occurred. I, I had a, a desire in my heart for fellowship. Um, I, I began to ask questions. My wife and I would have conversations, and they would look something like this. Who, who is it that's in our lives that's actually challenging us to grow? Who's keeping us accountable? Who is it that would be, as the text talks about, iron sharpening iron, so one man sharpens another? Who is that in my life that's actually walking with me in that way. And I was at a loss. I have men that have mentored me, that have spoken to my life, that have kind of, you know, steered me in the right direction. But in terms of my peers that I can walk with, I was kind of struggling to find out who that might be. And I connected with a guy here in the church. His name is Tad Hildebrand. And God was speaking the exact same thing to him at the exact same time. And we're both fathers, uh, married, and same season of life in terms of our careers. And God put us together, and we began to meet on a regular basis, and we began to talk a lot, and we began to keep each other accountable, and we began to exercise together. And it, it became this relationship where we just had this hunger to reach men. We, we just understood something about, uh, about men, and we wanted more men to be involved. Amen. So we begin to, to gather guys together. We start to have these meetings and just really talk to men about at the time our theme was becoming good soil, right? We wanted our hearts to be malleable. We wanted God to be able to sow into our hearts. And a lot of times through life we become hardened. Uh, we don't necessarily receive what God has for us. And so really our purpose was to get men together and to grow and allow the Lord to minister to us and to open up our hearts so that we can be all that God had called us to be. And through that process, uh, we started the, the men's ministry here at the church. And it's been something that has, has taken life and ebbed and flowed. But the opportunities that we get sometimes have to do with events like this men's summit. And it was an event that allowed us to get together as men and really just accomplish what, what I feel is just absolutely paramount within the life of a, of a believer, and that's fellowship, and that's growing, and that's being in a setting. And I tell you what, when I got there, I was blown away, and I have been the last few years, about the expectation 
that men come there with. Uh, you, they, you go there, and you would think they maybe kind of slowly get into it, and a comfort zone is, it comes down, and then they get you know into worship. But I tell you what, from jump, the men are shouting, and they're worshiping, and they're praising the Lord, and you see just men breaking down and weeping, and it was such a great atmosphere. The Holy Spirit was there. It was powerful, and, uh, and I'm going to share a little bit more about that, but I'm going to invite some guys up here to talk with me. We're going to sit down and ask some questions. So the first person I would like to call to the stand... Mr. Kenneth McLean. Let's go ahead and turn it up. All right, do you swear to tell the truth? The whole... no, <laughs> I'll rise. Oh, yeah. The first uh, serious question I have for you, Ken, <laughs> is how many ways would you say your life was impacted forever? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give a real answer to that question. So uh, Dominic emails me last night. Hey, would you like to speak tomorrow at church? Uh, My first answer is no, I don't want to speak tomorrow at church. And then he's like, uh, and he says, you know, and I, so what I really said to him was, you know, I, I I may not be the right guy. I mean, I, I, I was good, but you know, it was not like this major epiphany, life changing. And, and so we had a little um, discussion around that. And then uh, I said, but, uh, you know, there are some, some ways that it was impactful to me. And uh, so he told me that he was going to start off with, how would, did this change your life forever? Yeah. And so I, I'm going to share some things, but yeah, yeah. yeah that, so, do you have another question? Or well, it, no, I think, okay. I think it's important. I think, you know, it's, uh, the reality, and I mentioned in the first service, is that um, some people are more comfortable speaking in front of people. You know, I just found out last night I was going to be sharing with you guys, and, and the thing about last night is I, I just came from this trip and I was inspired. As a matter of fact, I, uh, God gave me some things and I could preach a whole message right now about what God had, has done in my life and, and some of the perspective he's given me. But the thing is with everyone, it's different. You know, uh, I had one guy say, you know, I really need to process all that went on and there's so much that's going on in my heart. And how do I, how do I quantify that? And how do I, you know, articulate that? And so I, I could respect that and I understand it. I do want to back up just a little bit though. And I want to ask you about expectations, right? Um, this is the first time that you've been out there with us to this event. What were the expectations that you had going into it? Uh, trepidation. Uh, my, my ideal um, retreat would be no human being within 30 miles of me in a cabin by myself with my Bible and some books. And, and so 150 strangers um, doesn't really make me really excited. <laughs> so, um, so I had that. But um, I guess I also had the expectation that there would be good food. And, and there was good food. And uh, so in my retreat, in my ideal scenario, if there could be somebody who could serve that food, that would, that would be okay. Yeah, in my cabin, exactly. <laughs> so I heard that it messed up a lot of guys' diet plans, though. Yeah, it did do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, someone tried to tell me that it was, uh, it, was, it was Aaron Hole, that they served him too much, but it was self-serve, so, hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly. They did make it a point, though, to not run out of food. So maybe that was where they aired, right? They also had an announcement about the snack shop, which I didn't know existed. And they said, mm-hmm. you know, we really need to support the camp. And they have milkshakes. So I was really out of duty, had to have a, wow. a milkshake. The virtue just flows yeah. out of this man. Okay. That's a virtue signaling right there. Yeah. So... 
So let me ask you again, obviously with the expectations there, um, I mean, you say trepidation tongue-in-cheek, but this isn't your comfort zone, right? And so yes. um, what, what kind of challenges were there getting there? Were there any challenges that came up prior to? I know you and I had conversations leading up to it, and it seemed that you were on, on the fence a little bit about it, but were there, were there challenges? And, and the reason I asked this question, by the way, is that there's, there's plenty of opportunity to, to be a part of men's events, and oftentimes we find reasons to... Uh, to not make it. And, and uh, sometimes God is calling us, he's drawing us, and, and he has purpose for us in, in gathering, especially when it comes to men. And so that's really the motivation behind my question. Was there anything that you experienced personally that was a challenge or an obstacle? Yeah, I mean, there's a challenge. of There's some cost, even though the cost is pretty minimal, especially considering the way you're fed and the accommodations are great and the facilities are great. Um, and, and time off work and, you know, we were we, we, Thursday afternoon, Dominic work and I work at the same place. So, you know, I was at work till one thirty, and you're trying to finish everything up and get out of town. So there's some, you know, do I want to take a vacation day and that kind of stuff. But um, it's pretty minimal, really. The costs are pretty minimal. I mean, the, both the financial cost and the, um, you know, it's, it's a day and a half away, really, two days away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, there were so many things that happened, right? Right from the jump, we, had, we got into worship. Um, there's a lot of events, and I'm not really wanting to focus on the activities as much because I know we plug a lot of, like, you know, we had a three-on-three basketball tournament. We had a Texas Hold'em tournament. There was shooting of pistols and shotguns, and, and there was just so much fun stuff. But the activities really aren't what we're going to remember, right? It was, it was how God ministered to us. So in, in regards to that, um, from, from Jump, we had worship. We had words that were spoken. We had uh, fellowship and communication and just relationship building. So what, what do you think? It, it, I mean, this may be hard as well, but what do you think? Uh, was the most impactful thing to you in that regard? Yeah, I, I do have a few things on that, so I'm going to have more than one. Okay. So, Here, 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a great time. <laughs> um, we, uh, on the first night, um, powerful worship, uh, Joel Eklund, who I hadn't met before, um, really enjoyed the worship time. And then um, at, at the end of the service, there was just an altar call, and many men came up, like Dominic mentioned. Um, and I, I was just standing there and, and observing. Uh, I wanted to say first, I, as a kid, when my dad uh, was in seminary, I would get to go to chapel sometimes. And there's just nothing like a group of men singing. Um, I, I'm not putting any, that's not any put down on you ladies, but there's just something about 100, 150 guys just singing out with all their might that is so powerful and and you know the church is desperate for men who are passionate for jesus and so it was great to be around a group of guys who in whatever state they're in just saying i need the lord and so that was powerful but at the end of the service on the first night um many many men had gone forward and there was a group of men praying for them and ministering to them but one one guy kind of went off to the side and just just right over there and was sitting on the floor and i was just observing him and and he began weeping i mean sobbing and I, and nobody, he was just kind of in the dark and nobody saw him. So I just came over and I just knelt by him and I, and I asked him, you know, what, what's going on, brother? How can I pray for you? And, um, he didn't say, I kind of expected, you know, uh, there's this profound thing going on in my life and there's sin or some sort of problem. And he didn't say any of that. He said, uh, I'm about, my wife's about ready to have our first child. And I never had a dad in my life and I don't know how to be a dad. And I said, my, I gave him this great advice of, I'm a f- father of six boys, and I still don't know how to be a dad, so <laughs> it may not get better. <laughs> but I just, 
I had this, this very tender moment, and this probably was the, really the most impactful moment for me, Dom, was to just sit down and put my arm around him and say, you have a Heavenly Father, and he's with you, and he will meet you in your failures, in your successes as a parent, and, um, and even though you didn't learn from a father how to be a father, you have a Heavenly Father who will, who will be with you. So that was, that was just a great moment. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. You know, I, I heard so many stories that were similar uh, in terms of just, you know, even strangers uh, getting together and just, uh, you know, how God met them and spoke into their lives. And, and it was genuine. And I mean, I saw so many tears and I was just moved in my heart to see men vulnerable. And at the same time, there was an element of just championing Right, an element of just warriors standing up and saying, we are taking ground. We are, we are stepping into God's call, and we're going to worship together. We're going to shout. It was so powerful, and, um, and I love that. I love that story. I love that, and, I, and God did so much in that. So, so let me ask you another question, Ken. Having been to that event, having experienced that, and, and, uh, and knowing that we're doing that every year, is it something that you recommend? Do you, do you feel like it's a good thing that we do that? Yeah, I, w- I, would, I would invite anybody to come. And I, you know, obviously I came not expecting the highlight of my life to happen, and, and not that it necessarily did, but there were, there's, uh, there's something powerful there. I want to just say one other thing about yeah, in terms of what the Lord did. Uh, just a, really a couple days before we left, my son Garrett, or Bre- Brendan, state your name number four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can remember their numbers. <laughs> he had just turned 14, and he, he said, Dad, I want to go on this trip with you. And, and you know, my initial response is, I, I'm, having this, I'm having a retreat, my own personal reading retreat. Not, I'm not going to interact with anybody. And, and um, <laughs> I know, it's bad, it's bad, shame on me. But, but I was like, man, that is really cool that my son wants to go with me. And, and we had a, so, you know, just as another thing, if you have a son, once they come, we had opportunity to talk about the sessions and talk about the word in a way that, you know, we long to his dads to be able to talk to our children and be able to impart to them something. And this, this just gave opportunities to have those discussions and to do stuff with Brendan. And so um, it, it just was really a special time in that way as well. So what was your question? I didn't get to finish answering the last question. Great. (laughs) It was just about would you recommend it? Yeah. Yeah. So so come. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate it, man. (laughs) Before I invite the next guy up, you know, uh, the age that they that they want because of the guns is at least thirteen years old. But there was uh, something that impacted me as well, and it has to do with uh, the generational gap, right? Um, one of the things I've experienced personally in terms of ministry has just been the, the chasm that exists between the older and the younger generations. And uh, it's been something of, uh, of a challenge to me to try to, to, try to bridge, and, and not that that's on me to do. But I, I, I noticed something in, in the relationships, and it, and it looks something like this. The, the younger generation, sometimes arrogant, will say, like, I, don't, I can figure it out on my own, right? I don't, I don't need these guys telling me what to do. I can figure it out. And they go about their lives. And the older generation is like, oh, really? Okay, well, just go ahead and figure that out, you know? And, and the problem, obviously, with that is that they're both, they're both missing it. They're both not understanding it. So when we go to an event and, and you have older men and younger men and they're, and they're 
you see the, the relationship and you see the growing. I, you know how many men I saw that reached out to the younger kids that were there and then pulled them aside and began to speak life into them, begin to build them up and challenge them? And I see the young men walking around like this, you know, like something has been called out of them. Come on, that's, that's, it's beautiful. And, and that's what it needs to be, right? And, and not just in a setting in the woods somewhere, but it kind of sets the example for how we should walk out. Amen? Amen. All right. So the next guy I'd like to bring, Mr. Jacob Sprague. Come on up. Yeah. All right, my friend. We all good up here? Yeah, okay. All right. He's good. Yeah. All right, man. So I understand that uh, you've been saved your whole life and have never done anything wrong. Oh, I wish. Yeah. You, uh, you came to this event last year, yes, right? Yeah. And, and God just wrecked you, right? Oh, rocked me, man. But yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, was... you had an expectation that was maybe a little bit different, right? Because you're coming Definitely. up this time having just been rocked by the Lord and then, and then this new event. And you're aware of it. And, I mean, all the fun stuff and good food notwithstanding, uh, there was something that, was, uh, that you, had, you were expecting. T- tell me about that. So, yeah, you kind of expect the same. Like, you want that. You know, you want that build up in that. But really, it was more laid back this year. Maybe it's because I was used to it, or I, I don't really know. But I had my son up there this year, so I was really hoping that, it, you know, that he would just get crushed. And I don't know. I don't know if it really happened, Jason, but I'm, I'm hoping, you know. You always, you always want your kids to stay vertical, you know. And so, so really, it was more laid back. And we'll get into, I guess, with your questions. But I kind of took things and on the way home and you were saying hey you want you to speak it was like I don't get up in front of crowds man like that's not my thing you know and so it was like like I said when you asked me to say I was like stay unlimited you know and he talked about that up there we put limitations on ourselves this is um pastor Jeff he talked about that he and and Doug touched on it too we put lines like that we don't want to cross and and the Lord wants to use us, you know, like he, he really does. He wants to use us to touch other people, touch our children. And if you put those lines, you're, you're not letting him do what he wants to do, kind of. That's, how that's my take on it. And so that was spoken in my life really good up there. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, one of the things I was sharing with the guys is that when I was coming up in life, I, you know, I, had, I went a, a really wrong path. But there was no shortage of men that would instruct me in the ways of the world. There was no shortage of men. I mean, I remember, you know, just with some older guys, and they're like, hey, you see that right there? And it's, it's nighttime, and they're like, those are police lights, and this is how you can tell they're police lights. And, um, and you know, here's what you do if you're going to go do a crime, and, and you check your lights, and you make sure, you know, you don't get pulled over for stupid things. And this is how, and, and it was just thing after thing after thing about how to be a successful deviant, right? How to how to walk this world, how to walk the line and and, um, go against the law. And so when I became a Christian, I needed something like that in my life. And I felt like there was a shortage of men that said, this is how you love your wife. This is how you lay your life down for one another. This is how you grow. You don't stumble into maturity. It's a process, right? And And so when I go to an event like this and I talk to other men, I mean... And, and again, this is, you know, I'm interviewing you, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. But, you know, one of the things that the, the winner of the, of the poker tournament, uh, Gary, you know, yeah, talked yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
was that I never have been around men mm. that genuinely care about me without having some want, agenda, right? yeah, some, something that they're after, right? What is it that you want from me? And, uh, and, and he just expressed that, and I, and I remember being blown away with that, but um, you had the opportunity as well to, to be there and be involved and be in the midst of these conversations and men reaching out to you and talking to you and, and relationship building. And so I'm curious, I know, I, I'm curious about that. How, how did that impact you specifically? Um, for me, it was huge. Like, uh, so for a guy that, you know, he been at uh, how, how was the house at Timothy? Uh, Timothy for, House, yeah. At Timothy House for like a week. You know, and he comes up there and he wins the poker tournament, which, by the way, we had, was it five or five GHC members in the top six? So that was, yeah, man. I told them they're going to think we rigged it, but, you know. And, uh, but honestly, man, he, that, that guy, Gary, he was something else at that poker table. He was really strong, had a good poker face, but when we were done, like, he was so cool and calm, and I really wanted to get to know him. Like, man, where are you from? What church are you in? And, and he tells me, like, you know, I'm like, I was like days from going to prison a week ago. I'm like, wow, like, you know, huge things. And like, and then we, another guy talked with him. And so I think it was me, Dom, and um, Kevin. Kevin, yeah, we sat down and Kevin, Kevin said he went and talked to him. And that's kind of what he talked about. He's like, this is like, for him, it was unbelievable. So for, for a guy like me sitting back, that's, that's the Lord working. Like, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, that fills me up. That, you know, almost brings you to tears, man. It makes you so happy to see that. And so, for me, it was just, it's huge, man. I did, like I said, uh, the word really, I kind of had to come home and think about the word. And like I said, when we get into your questions, we'll yeah, so, not take up too much time. Yeah, no problem. You're good. So, here's the thing, too, that just uh, in relation to that, and what got me thinking about that is that we're talking men from all seasons of life yeah, here. Yeah, we're definitely. talking a guy who, you know, and he shares a little bit more about his story that's done prison time and, and you know, a week away from maybe going back. And then we got guys that have walked with the Lord for years and years and years. We got people all in between, and they were all coming together for a common mm-hmm. cause, which is to glorify God. You know, yeah, so yeah. so I talk about expectations, and we all come from different you know different places. I know personally where I went up with an expectation that God was going to meet me, and yet in the midst of it all, He He joins us together, He knits us together. And I've gone back, you know, a couple years now, and and I recognize faces, and like, hey, and then we begin to rekindle that relationship that we had. So that's so and powerful to me. Let me touch on this one more time. Yeah, it's amazing that like um, so Pastor Jeff and Pastor Doug decided to like prophesy a little bit, and and. Uh, they they picked him out. They they picked Gary right out of the crowd, and just and they just you know, prophesy over him, man. And and I'm looking. I'm like, I want to see. You know, I want to see this. I, I get crushed by the Lord, you know, and, because that for me it just builds you up. Like, and you want to go and you want to hug him, and and it's it just so it it's real, man. It's real powerful up there. The Lord meets you all the way. So it's I just wanted to touch on that. Amen. Amen. You recommend it, man? Is it a good event? Oh man. Sorry if you didn't go, bro. Like, like, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's it's amazing, and for me, it's been life changing, you know. And as I when last year, I was rocked, and you know, I was like, oh, I was coming into my house, like, and all that. And Pastor Jeff touched on that. Like, when a man walks into a house, he can change the atmosphere like that. And I, for me, I step back and I look at that, and I'm like, how do I change the atmosphere in my house? When I walk into the house, when I come home from work, are my kids happy? Is my wife happy? 
are they anxious? Like, is he going to be mad? Like, what are they thinking? And so, like, for me, it's it's just huge things that come from this. And yeah. and I, and then and in the beginning, it's like staying the. So then the Lord put that on me. That's what He put on me. Like, I don't think you're doing the right thing here when you come home. And like I said, last year I was rocked, and it last lasted. But then life gets to you, work gets to you, and you start to fade away. And and it. It's hard. It's rough, man, to stay on the path. But you, you got brothers and sisters, like you said, man. Iron, iron sharpens iron, and and so that's why I, I make it a point to get up there, man. And and I, I'd say that you know it boosts me up, but you know I really don't want to go back, you know. And uh, so like like I said, you, I changed my atmosphere in my house, and then he says in the first service he talked about staying in the book, you know, and I'm like, man, I got. I gotta really get in that book. Like I don't, I don't do it too much. I won't lie. And and then uh, and then Pastor Doug also talked about um, the Lord's gonna give you keys. So I took all this in, and I'm like, and the Lord's saying you need to change what you're doing in your house, how you act, how you talk, what you what you speak to. Or stay vertical in your house. Amen. And then Come He on. said, here, here's here's this how to do it. I'm gonna give you the keys to touch your kid. I'm gonna give you the keys to touch your wife. Mm. You know, and it just really impacted me, man. And Amen. so this time I might have not like got crushed, but you know, he gives me gives you tools. He tells you this is what I want you to work Praise on, son. This, on. And these are tools I'm gonna give you to do it. Yeah. It's up to you now. Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Mm. We're gonna have Jacob preach next Sunday. Watch. Wow, that's it's so good. You know, there's such a wealth of wisdom when you get men together. It's just incredible. The next guy I would like to invite up is Mr. Russell Kovalenko. Come on up, buddy. How you doing, my friend? I'm a little bit nervous, actually. All right, all right. That's good. Well, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Um, you invited, was it four or five guys that came out with you, right? These guys, uh, some of them have been to our church, most have not, right? And, uh, and they came on out with you, right? T- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I had the blessing of uh, bringing four gentlemen along with me, and uh, in order to articulate it and, and how it all came together um, goes back, you know, to actually all, all the way to Pastor Doug. So what I actually want to just hit on today is um, the idea of, like, following God's word and us just being, like, a conduit for what he has for us. And uh, so Pastor Doug, a couple, uh, couple months ago, he just, he, and he talks about it a lot. He talks about taking action on what the Holy Spirit, you know, speaks into our heart. And he, he talks about, you know, just stepping up and just taking action for, for what he puts within us. And he actually touched on it again yesterday. And then so that started a, a couple months ago. And uh, actually, Drew, if you could come up here. Come on, come on up. So Drew's going to come up. And so, uh, so... Drew is going to be our, our Doug today, so they're both handsome guys, and they both pour into us, so come on over here. Yeah, yeah. So, and see, Drew, uh, I invited four guys, and it just wasn't to compete with Drew and Grant and the rest of these studs in the three-on-three tournament. It was actually, yeah, right? It was, uh, it was, it was for, for much bigger than that, but uh, I just want to, again, talk about being a conduit, so, so Drew's going to be our, our Doug today. And then, uh, Noah, if you can come up here as well. And... Uh, and then so a, a couple weeks ago, Noah really hit on, and it was just off the cuff. And uh, Noah, come on over here. And uh, so, and if you could just kind of take this arm and link this with Drew. So and what Noah, what Noah hit on 
What Noah hit on a, a couple weeks ago is he said, he said, delayed obedience is disobedience. Yeah. And he said when the God calls us, he says, hey, son, come over here. Hey, son, come over here. I have something great for you. Hey, I got cookies. You're playing with those little toys over there, but I got cookies for you. You know, come on over. Hey, we can go to Disneyland. Come on over. Now you've asked five or six times, and God's just waiting for you to come over, right? But, but we, for whatever reason, sometimes we don't get up to go. And then uh, so, you know, we are, we're all stretched. A lot of us are time broke. We're like, we can't do one more thing. We can't do one more thing. And organizing four guys, it might sound easy, but in my head, in transparency, I'm like, selfishly, I'm like, I just need a weekend. Uh, like we were saying, to just go to like by myself, for myself. And I, I don't want to coordinate guys. I don't want to worry about text messages. I can't send one more text message. You know, that, this is what's going on in my head uh, throughout my stuff. And then so, so then to, to keep this going, Dominic, come on down here. So then Dominic introduces the men's retreat, right? So Dominic introduces the men's retreat. And in, when he spoke... He said, he goes, don't just bring yourself. He said, bring a couple friends, right? So then this track just boom, like right away, all the way back to just what Pastor Doug talks about all the time. He's like taking action on what the Holy Spirit, you know, places within our heart. And then so uh, actually, he's actually here. So then totally, come on up, totally, come on up. So then, uh, so one of the gentlemen that came along uh, uh with us would be a complete stranger to me if it wasn't for this young man, Tolly. What's up, buddy? How you doing, bro? And so Tolly came into my life about five years ago, just kind of God-breathed thing. And, uh, and then through Tolly, being his awesome self, I met one of his buddies. And uh, that's one of the guys that actually joined me to go up. And, uh, and he needs God. And we all need God, right? He's our, he's our source. And so... This whole weekend and where this is coming of what it spoke to me, it talked about how easy things can be when we do it with God and we're not doing it by ourselves. And so what ended up happening that day that Dominic uh, said invite a couple friends, it's like my Sunday, I want it to be a day of rest. I'm like, no, God put it in my heart and I prayed. I said, I got an SUV, it can carry five people plus all of our stuff. Who would you have me invite? And I prayed. He gave me four specific names. <clears throat> and then, so, um, so then on the way home, I just took a short video message, and I had all their names, and I said, hey, uh, this is going on. A couple from Tri-Cities, one's from Quincy, one's from here in town. And uh, I said, hey, I was just at church. God put on my heart to invite you guys. There's this men's retreat in three weeks. I uh, really want to have you here, and I don't want to get all into that message, but... Um, Within like two minutes, one guy's like, I'm in. Within another five minutes, one guy's like, I'm in. So within 30 minutes, all of them committed to going. <clears throat> and, uh, and if you ever try to get like friends together for even like a simple dinner on a Saturday night, you know how hard is that to just get four friends to go eat dinner, let alone go three hours away into the middle of the mountains with a bunch of guys that they don't know. And these guys aren't necessarily the guys that are going to church every Sunday and everything else. So um, really what it started speaking to me this weekend is like, for me personally, like how many things am I trying to do on my own? And how many things am I listening to God on and doing the work with God? And so the correlation that rang true was like, how many times am I, are we, 
like God calls down and, he, and we, we know him, he gives us a direct word. Just like, hey, Moses, hey, you need to build this ark, the flood is coming. Hey, you need to build this ark, the flood is coming. And how often does God tell us the flood is coming, but instead of listening to what he tells us to do to prepare for the flood, we're like, oh, man, I'm tired. I just want to sleep in today. Hey, I just, God, I just don't got the, the energy. God, I can't, I can't do that. God, I just, it's just too much. That's a big old art, God. You're actually asking me to, to build this thing. So imagine like if Noah just did it. And, and we do this, I do this plenty of times in my life, being called like something specific spoken and just like, I'm too busy. I got too many things going on. <clears throat> so in reflection and what all this has, has brought me to, it's just like when God calls us to just do something and we just do it, everything from start to finish came together so easily, right? And it came together perfectly. And what ended up happening was I sent that one video message. All of them said, I'm, I'm in. I sent, uh, uh, I sent the registration link. All of them got registered. I told them to come at 8.15 in the morning. All of them came and we drove up. And uh, one was actually about 30 minutes late, and the reason that he was late, which he didn't talk about because he doesn't make excuses about things, but was the reason that he specifically needed to be there that day at, that, uh, at the retreat. And so each and every one of them had an individual specific story of why they were there, which all of us in the room, right, we're going to have that individual connection and story. And so uh, my prayers for myself, my prayers for everybody in this congregation, I'm uh, in this awesome team of, of men up here. Uh, it's like we can have excuses or we can have results. Like we can have excuses or we can have results, but we can't have both. You can't have both. And uh, people aren't interested in our excuses. And I tell you for sure, God isn't. <laughs> and... Uh, my word for, the, for everybody in here is when you have that, sometimes we feel like we're carrying other people's burdens, their, uh, their, their struggles, their challenges, and we take those on. And the person in your lunchroom that you're working with, maybe that sister, maybe that cousin, that person that is always just crying, crying, upset, upset, problem, problem, wants to, to, to complain every day. And if it's that person in your lunchroom and they're complaining to you at the lunch table, and they're complaining about the same thing they complained about a week ago and a month ago and maybe a year ago, and it's the same thing, instead of, like, giving them some advice and everything else, I will just point them to the source and point them to here. So I will just say, hey, you know, uh, you know, Drew, hey, man, I've been listening to you for a, a long time now about this. I just say, hey, just come join me at Grace Harvest for Sunday. I'll pick you up at, at 9, right? So it's just... I would just say, like, less some, sometimes more and point him to the source in, in his word. Thank you very much. Well, um, praise God. That was good. Hey, I don't want to criticize my interviewing skills, but you answered all my questions before I asked them, so. Well done, my friend. Well done. Great illustration. I really appreciate it. I've got a few minutes, and I... I really want to share something with you guys. I'll try to make it quick. 
Um, I was uh, asked last night to facilitate this discussion. Uh, Pastor Raul was going to preach message. He, he's not feeling well, so keep him in your prayers. But uh, they asked me to come up, and instantly God just flooded me with, with certain things. And I want to sh- share some of those things with you just real fast. Um, it's in relation to the, to the story of Gideon in Judges, right? Gideon uh, was a man who we look in the, in the New Testament, they call him a, a, a man of faith, right? A champion of faith. And, uh, and I, I think about this story as low-hanging fruit because I've heard it preached several times where, where Gideon is, is a man of, of faith, but you look at his life and all the way leading up to his conquest, he is anything but a man of faith, right? He's, asking, he's testing God constantly. Um, but I don't want to go there with this. I really want to share with you just the, the, the reason why this story came to my mind is because when we were there at the men's event, uh, and, and men stepped into worship, it was men shouting before the Lord, right? They were shouting. And I just got a picture of Gideon's men, right, the 300 men, and they're standing there, and, and God's called them to come and, and overtake the Midianites. And the thing about this is that it describes the Midianite army as being like the locusts, right, just covering the, the hillside. And it says their camels were as the sand of the sea. Imagine that, 300 guys looking down in a valley with a huge army that they have to come against. And I, and I think about that because you got to have some real faith to, to go through with that. I, I mean, come on. I mean, how many of us actually do that? So here's a couple things that, that the Lord showed me in that is that when, when the men shouted and they broke the pictures and they had the torches and the trumpet was sounding, you know what? They just stood there and shouted and God did the work. Amen. It said that God turned their swords on each other and they were killing each other. And then the men, the men began to pursue. And as I was reading this, I had a couple things that I was shown. One of the things is this. It says that the men were exhausted and yet they continued to pursue. And I just, I thought about that. Whoa, am I losing you? Okay. I thought about that uh, because of the fact that I, and you kind of alluded to this as well, Russell, we get exhausted. We get tired. We want to, we want to throw in the towel. And yet God's called us to continue to pursue. Amen. To continue to move into his will. A couple other things real quick. Um, you know, here, here's something that really uh, actually impacted my life. Um, two things. One of them is that they, they didn't just take the land, right, that was theirs, that was being inhabited by the Midianites. They pushed them out. They pushed them out. So it wasn't just an immediate thing, but it, they, they moved them out and they expanded their territory. How many of us need that in our lives? We don't want to just be constantly having the enemy stalking us, right? We want to push them out, right? Claim territory for our lives. Claim territory for our families. You know, one of the things that they did in their battle is they didn't just help themselves. It wasn't just about the 300, right? All the people of God were impacted by this quest. Amen? Here's the thing that I just want to leave you with today. When, when, when the men attacked, right, and they, and they took the ground, their children weren't going to have to repeat that. Their children weren't going to have to go take that land again because it had already been taken by the fathers. Let me just say it to you a different way. My father was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and he committed suicide when I was a kid because he had mental issues, okay? And there was a lot of sexual deviance in my life and a lot of, in my family growing up and a lot of anger and a lot of violence, and it was a horrible uh, time growing up. But let me say something to you real quick. My children will not have the same testimony. My kids are not going to have the same story. Amen. They're going to grow up in a house with a father and mother that love them and affirm them and build them up. They're not going to have to take that land. Amen. So what I pulled from the text is that God, I'm going to have to teach them how to defend. Trust me that they're going to have to defend and and guard themselves. They're going to have to learn the tricks of the enemy so that the enemy doesn't come in and usurp that territory. But I tell you what, they're not going to have to take that land again. Amen. So I just, 
Yeah, praise God. I just wanted to encourage you in that because God is faithful. And when we get men together and we begin to shout and proclaim his goodness and he begins to call us out, call us out, the men of valor that he's put in, in, in this place and everywhere that we go, we begin to see God's plan for our lives. We begin to see God's plan for the men. Amen. I look around this room and I see men of valor, Jim, men of valor, Robert, man of valor. Harrison, man of valor. Ken, man of valor. Everywhere, because God has called you to a place of righteousness, not in your own works, but because of your faith in him. He wants to raise us up, amen? He wants to call us out. And I tell you what, if the men will stand up and begin to declare God's name and shout victory, imagine the influence that it'll have in our city, in our church, in our communities, in our state. Come on, men. I'm talking to you right now. The women have been faithful. Trust me, I lead the prayer team ministry, and we have no shortage of women. We need to step into what God has for us. Amen. Thank you guys so much, Noah. Thank you, Dom. Man. Lord's on the move. Amen. Amen. You guys wanted to stand with me. It is always just so beautifully encouraging what the Lord is doing in the lives of people. Wow. If anything from today resonated and you need prayer or you want to start a relationship with Jesus, from the moment you walked in this room and in worship and even in that, you're like, man, what they have, I need that. There's people back at this cross over in this corner and they want to pray with you. They, they want to walk with you. They want to give you a gift, the Bible, and some stuff to start you on that journey. But if you need prayer, one, want to recommit your life to Jesus or start a new relationship, you need to go back to that cross. If you go back there, they'll stay with you and pray with you and talk with you, but don't leave this place if the Lord's really impressing on you to do that. 